Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. If you have not been with us for the past several weeks, we've been in a series about the Sabbath. We've been talking about this idea of taking a day of rest for the last several weeks. And um, I'm hoping the series doesn't last too much longer for your sake here. But uh, today we are going to continue on. Last week we spent time looking at Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. And we also looked at Deuteronomy a little bit. And throughout this series we've been kind of jumping around throughout Scripture. But last week we talked about this idea of when we take a Sabbath, when we take a day of, of rest, we are proclaiming our future rest. God made this promise throughout all of Scripture that one day His people would enter this rest. And, and as you read the Old Testament, the Israelites had this opportunity to enter the promised land. And, and in the book of Hebrews, it kind of picks back up on this theme, but how they never entered God's rest because of their unbelief. And the truth still stands for today. We have this rest that is coming to mankind. The cursed ground that we live on will be lifted. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And as we put our faith and our hope in Jesus, that one day the, the eternal rest will come. Well, we're going to continue on in this series. And today I've been kind of postponing this part of the series here because today we're going to talk about some practical things and the reason why i've been kind of postponing this idea or this like area of it is because when you comes when it comes to the sabbath when it comes to this idea of taking rest i find it very difficult to really define it for you in the sense of like what is going to bring you, you personal personally rest what is this day of Sabbath going to look like for you personally? And I just think it's really difficult to define this in like legal terms for you. Because throughout the U.S. history and throughout other nations, people have tried to define Sabbath and make these rules and make these lists of do's and don'ts on it. And then they tend to project those rules onto other people. When I spent some time in Wisconsin here, I, I lived just north of a town by the name of Oostburg, and I know some people here know that town very well, but Oostburg growing up, I remember being in high school, and Oostburg had some Sabbath rules. They had rules for Sundays, and some of those rules were you're not allowed to cut your lawn because it's Sunday, it's Sabbath. You're not allowed to be doing work on this day. So lawn cutting, not an option. Uh, grocery stores, you needed milk on Sunday? Not going to happen. Grocery stores are closed. Gas stations closed. They had all of these Sabbath rules. And then if you broke them, right? Like, say, if you were out there, let's say you were new to, to uh, Oostburg and you just happened to move there and you had no idea what these rules were or these social rules that they had within the town and you go out there and you fire up that lawnmower on Sunday, you were shunned. They were like, who is this person breaking the Sabbath. And it's like, is there no room? Can we not be asking questions here? Like, what about Bob? You know, like Bob is, you know, he wants to cut his grass on Sundays. And what if he really enjoys cutting that grass? What if he finds 
there's so much rest and pleasure of making nice, clean lines in his lawn on Sunday afternoons. But in Oostburg, it was not allowed. I do think times have changed. We can talk, I can talk to a couple of people that are still living just south of Oostburg here. But it was, they had all of these rules and all of these laws, and it was like they would project them onto other people. Now, within the United States, we have had Sabbath rules all over the place. This isn't just to Oostburg, but maybe some of you remember living in a time or in, you know, near a town or near a county that had rules on Sabbath, where there were certain things you could or couldn't do. Now, these are, if you look into this, they do call them blue laws or Sabbath laws. Um, I just caught my uncle-in-law. I'm kind of wondering if we have any laws in Marquette that are still on the books for Sabbath laws. Dean says yes. But some of them throughout all of the United States, it was in some places in South Carolina, it was illegal to sell musical instruments on Sundays. In Texas, it was illegal to buy diapers. So uh, it's Sabbath. Your little one runs out of diapers. Well, too bad. It's the Sabbath. You're not allowed to be working. Apparently in Texas, you're not allowed to be changing diapers on, on Sundays. Also, it was illegal to make people laugh on Sundays. It was illegal to make a person in church laugh by wearing a fake mustache on Sundays. That was in Alabama law. Which, if somebody here wants to wear a fake mustache next Sunday, um, I would encourage it. So I'm hoping to see somebody bring that out next Sunday. Um, another big law that you probably have experienced, and I don't know Michigan's laws, I know Wisconsin had this law, but alcohol sales. Alcohol sales were not allowed on Sundays. And I know a lot of states that still have that. I know in Wisconsin, you can't buy alcohol until after 12. And it's like, we have all these laws thinking that these laws are somehow going to change, change people's lives. And, and we all know that if you've ever had a family member or know someone that struggles with, with, with alcohol, um, by making a law, it just cures them, right? I mean, it's just like, just make it illegal on Sunday. And they wake up Sunday morning and they realize, oh, can't drink today i forgot about that so it's like but mankind does this and that's the difficulty when it comes to the sabbath is that we make these laws we make these rules and then we tend to project those rules onto other people and this is precisely what happened at the time of jesus is that the pharisees the religious people had these laws had these rules now they probably started with good intentions but then they project them upon other people and then they expect these other people to live by their laws and their rules and when it comes to the sabbath i i don't think that that's god's plan we live by faith we don't live by our good deeds or our list of do's and don'ts but we live by faith in jesus and when it comes to the sabbath i just think it's really difficult for us to make a list. And I would just advise that that's, that's, I, I don't think that that is God's plan. But I do think that as we look at Scripture, God does have parameters for us, right? It's not just like, well, you know, just don't even care about this entire idea here because over the last several weeks we have seen the importance of this Sabbath, that us taking a Sabbath throughout all of Scripture is a really important thing for, I believe, for even for believers today. For us to take a day that is 
holy unto the Lord. A day that is separate, a day that is different than any other day. And ultimately, it's a day to remember. And we have talked about that the last couple of weeks, that the Sabbath is us remembering. It's remembering who we were before Christ. It's a day remembering what Christ has done for us. And it's a day that we are remembering that as we rest, as we take a break from our labor, we are remembering that one day, one day, the ultimate rest comes. It comes through faith in Jesus Christ. But people want to know, and I've had people ask me, what are the parameters? So I'm going to read some some scripture verses to you this morning. I'm going to ask for you to to stand as we read these. Um, we're going to be kind of jumping around a little bit, but we're going to quickly go through a few of them. And I'm going to see if you can pick up on a quick theme here. Exodus 31:15. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be put to death. Leviticus 23.3, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of solemn, solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is the Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. Deuteronomy 5.14, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work. You or your sons or your daughters or your male servants or your female servants or your ox or your donkeys or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servants may rest as well as you. Let me pray. Father, as we go to your word today, Lord, Father, come and remind us. Remind us of the Sabbath that you have invited us into. Father, I thank you for how you do give us a day each week. Father, come and speak to us and encourage us now. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. I'm not sure if you picked up on this throughout these verses, but there's a main theme here. And I realize it's an obvious theme. What's the theme? Rest. Do no work. Now, this is where I find it to be the difficult task for many people. What is your work? What do you do? It's a starting point. Do you work at the mines? Do you work at Lowe's? Do you own a business? Are you a student? I've said this previously. If you are a student, your work is your schoolwork. That's your work right now. If you're in high school or college, your job is to learn at this point in time. Do you stay at home? Because for some people, this is where the difficulty lies. And I think it lies very difficult for people that kind of work certain jobs. I think like as like a business owner, if you own a business, this is, this is where things become blurred lines there because it's like, well, what is work and what is not work and what am I prepping for and what am I bidding on? Because not everybody, I recognize in this room, works 9 to 5. Not everyone clocks in on Monday and clocks out on Friday and has nothing to be worrying about in between there. But I say this as a starting point because the Lord says, I want you to take a day where you do no work. 
And I believe that that work is a work that you do to provide for your household. Because our work is our labor, and we work to provide for our family. And when I think about this, I think that we need to be starting there, is saying, okay, what do I do to make a living? Because that is the work that I believe the Lord is speaking about here. Because in the Old Testament, they had specific rules about doing work. As you look at when the Lord brought them food from heaven, God said, okay, I want you to go out there and gather your food. The food was their food to survive. And then he said, on the seventh day, I don't want you to take any. On the sixth day, I want you to be taking twice as much. So it's our our starting point. I realize this is basic, but like, what do you do to produce in this life? What work do you do to provide for your family? What is your job? And this is, you know, for some people, some people are motivated people. And the most beautiful thing is that we live in a country where you can be as motivated as you want to be, and you can be getting after it, and you can be out there hustling, and you can be working, but you can be working seven days a week. You can just be going, going, going. But this idea of a Sabbath day is idea by saying, God, I'm going to labor for six, but I'm going to trust you to provide on the seventh. Okay, like it's this idea of saying, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. You've called me to, to labor. You've called me to work. And I'm going to work, but then I'm going to take a day every week where I don't do any work. I'm not producing something for financial gain. We have to set limits on ourselves. And God gave us this day for us to recognize you're not limitless. You're not him. And I I recognize that in the culture we live in, some people might argue, well, there's not enough people out there working, and we do have a shortage of workers right now, but we have to take a day. It's this day of saying, okay, I'm going to set aside my work. I'm going to set aside my labor. I'm going to set aside planning for more work, and I'm going to take a day, and I'm not going to produce anything of financial gains. And I recognize for some people this is extremely difficult. I know the family I, I come from, my father just works. All he does is work. He's 72 and he still can't stop working, even though I'm constantly yelling at him. Like, Dad, like it's, it's probably time to, to, to stop breaking your back driving truck. Like maybe, it's, maybe you should probably think about slowing down. But for him, it's just like, it's, that's what his dad did, and that's what he knows. And, and if he wasn't working here, he's working there. And, but for us to honor the Lord in this Sabbath, it's, I truly believe it is a trust issue. It's a trust issue when it comes to our labor. Saying, God, I, I believe six days you, you, I can produce enough to survive. But then there's this other aspect, this aspect of rest. This is where I think it becomes extremely tricky for a a lot of people. What brings you rest? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever taken time and thought, what brings me rest? What brings me rest to my mind? What brings me rest to my body? Because I... I think a lot of people don't really know what brings them rest. I think a lot of people, they just, every day they just live and they work and they just live life and they've never figured out and they've never stopped to say, okay, what brings 
we rest. Now, I would argue that first and foremost, the presence of Christ in our lives brings us rest. We see this in the Old Testament. We see this in the New Testament. Moses, who was laboring for God's people, Exodus 33, 14, God says to him, he said, my presence will go with you. He's speaking to Moses. And I'll give you what? Rest. The presence of Christ in our lives, I think is the first and foremost that brings mankind rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who labor and heavy burden, I will give you rest. Jesus challenging his followers that this idea that the presence of Christ in our lives will bring rest to who we are. But how does that look like? Now for a lot of people, the Sabbath or the day of rest does happen to fall on Sundays, which I know many of you may, many of you are probably not laboring today. Many of you have looked at your weeks and said, you know what, Sundays really are perfect days. And, and I think that that, is, that that is absolutely amazing and just, and just awesome. But I think when we look and we, when we think about if the presence of Jesus in our lives is what brings us rest, which I believe throughout God's word is that his presence can bring rest to your soul and to your body and to your mind and he can bring you peace and, and, and he can be working miracles within your life. But when you take a Sabbath, how do we practice this rest? And I think there's a few areas. Worship which is what we do on Sunday mornings, or something about proclaiming with our mouths and with our minds who God is, what He has done, how great He is, prayer, His Word, and I would also argue nature. There's something about being outside that can bring the human body rest. Now I recognize not everyone in here has that experience where you think about nature and you think this is the worst thing ever, I just want to be in a city um, that's personally, that's not my rest. If I go to a, a city, I'm like white knuckling, just get me out of this place. Why is there so many people? Why am I getting cut off? Why are people swearing at me? I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. But when it comes to this idea of like, how do we find rest? I, I do think that worship and prayer and reading his word and spending time in nature is, is just part of that restful experience that I believe God has called his people to. And for many of you, Sundays really are a perfect day for you to just take Sundays. And, you know, I remember my grandparents used to go for Sunday afternoon drives. I don't know if any of your grandparents do or if any. I feel bad for some of these college students because you guys, like, didn't really grow up. I've noticed that a, a lot of young people, when I grew up, I used to love just going for, like, we used to call them cruises, you know, like you just go for like a drive. But I've noticed that a lot of young people just don't do that. And it's probably because of gas prices. Like it's like, I'm not going to waste $5, Pastor, on a Sunday driving, you know, through the woods in the UP. But there's this idea, and within my life, this, this idea of nature really does, and getting out there and seeing God's nature really does hold dear to me. And that is honestly, personally, where I find a lot a lot of rest. Um, if you've ever gone mountain biking with me, I know Mitch and Elise have, and um, I don't know if they've picked up on this, but I love stopping at rivers. 
I just love like just stopping next to a river and Mitch is sitting there like, are we going to leave? Are we biking? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm just like, there's something about going next to the water. There's something about just, just being where we are right now that can bring rest to my mind. And, and just really, I just recognize just the presence of the Lord being there. Maybe that's because of Psalm 23. I always think about this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I think getting out in nature is a vital aspect. And we just happen to live in one of the most beautiful places in the world, arguably, that where we have nature. I mean, Marquette, if you live in Marquette, within two minutes you can be in the woods and there's, we all know the smell of the fall leaves. Am I right though? Like there's something about like the fall leaves smell that is just, it's refreshing to us. And when I think about the Sabbath and when I think about being in the presence of the Lord, it's us just being in his presence and finding rest. Letting his presence restore us. Letting his presence rejuvenate our heart and our mind and our soul. I think for a lot of people, it's like you just get so caught up in the day-to-day, just so caught up in work and school and doing this and doing that. And the Sabbath is here waiting for all of us. The Sabbath that the Lord has given to us, that he has made for us, it's here for you. It's for you to come and find rest. Rest in his presence. Rest from your labors. Rest from the work. The work will always be there. The work will always be knocking. I had a pastor in college that said, sometimes taking a nap is the most spiritual thing you can do. I said, amen, brother. But there is, there is something about when you set aside a day, when you say, Lord, I'm going to, this day, I want to spend time in your presence. I want to spend time in your word. I want to spend time in worship. And I'm going to, I'm going to find my rest in you, but I'm also just going to take time and find rest for my physical body. You sometimes do need to take a nap. Now, if you're napping all the time, that's, that's definitely not a good thing, but you were not created to go 24-7. You know, they have actually done studies that when you're a workaholic and when you're working, 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 and going, 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 like, it's going to catch up to you. Like, your body will demand rest. And you may think that you can keep going, but eventually it catches up to you. Sickness comes. I can't even tell you how many stories I've just heard of just people, like, they just worked and worked and worked, and then they're like, I got pneumonia here now. And it's like, yeah, you your body's telling you that you got to slow down. And the most beautiful thing is, is that God has planned this from the beginning of creation. That from the very beginning, God has, has set this rhythm in order that, that there's this idea of laboring for sex and then taking a day where you just rest. Or you just enjoy his presence. And you just set aside all that this world is, is calling and demanding of you. Now, there's a couple of groups I want to kind of mention here today. Uh, the first group is, is moms. Um, if you are a mother, bless you. 
Holy cats, you guys are pretty amazing here. And I think for moms, especially I think about my own wife. She's a mother and she has, she has, we have. There's a we here, okay? There's not just her. There's both of us. But you got kids and you're raising kids and you got everything else going on. And some moms are raising kids and some moms are raising kids and working. And being a mother, the call and the demand of your life is 24-7. And how can moms take a break? Caitlin actually asked me that one. She said, how can I take a break? And I just left. I said, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. No. But I do think it is important for moms to be really thinking about this. How can I set a Sabbath within my home life? If you are a stay-at-home mom or a mom that takes care of the laundry and the cleaning and you know all of the the household chores it's like how can you take a take a day where you say okay i'm i'm going to set limits on my work i think i think back to caitlin's grandparents and and my grandparents here as well that on, on sunday mornings grandparents were notorious especially grandmothers for setting the crock pots on sundays where and and you know maybe they were thinking about Sunday as a Sabbath, but honestly, it's a fantastic idea that you get a meal ready on Saturday, and you wake up Sunday, and all you have to do is just press a button, and the meal is going to cook while you're at church, and then you can go home, and you don't and you're not working and working and working, and you can just go home and just enjoy that meal. I would encourage you to buy pizza on that day. I like pizza. But this idea of saying, okay, I'm laboring all six days. I'm taking care of this family. I'm taking care of the kids and my husband. I'm taking care of him too. He's like a fourth child here and we're just working and working and working. And then how can we set limits on that and say, okay, I need to be setting limits here. I'm not doing laundry that day. I'm not making the kids work either. It's this idea of saying, I'm going to set this limit. I'm going to plan ahead And I'm going to be taking time here to find rest. And I'm not just going to be going, 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 but really just planning ahead and talking to your spouse and saying, okay, what can this look like for us? The other group of people, what if you don't work right now? What if you're retired? And um, I wasn't really sure if I should go down this road because I'm not retired, but we live in a time that has never existed within human history. And I hope you who are retired recognize this. hundred years ago, retirement was not there. There was no pensions. There was no 401s with this return on investment paying you monthly. But we live in a time where men and women can work, can labor, can save, can plan, and then they don't have to go back to that job. I think it's an absolute miracle. I think it's absolutely amazing. And I'm not, I'm not here to be harping on you who are retired, but I have bad news for you. It's very difficult to justify this idea of rest for the last 30 years, biblically. And what I mean by that is when we only have one example of retirement within scripture. Maybe if you have read this, 
But I want to look to Luke 12 real quick. And it says this. It says, Some in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell me my, tell my brother, so this is someone speaking to Jesus, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who has made, made me judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against covetousness. For one's life does not consist in abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable in verse 16, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. Verse 18. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and I will build larger barns. And I will store all my grain and my goods. And in verse 19, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So this is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. There is this guy that comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, there is this inheritance. And basically this guy wanted some of this inheritance. And he wanted Jesus to decide who would get this. But Jesus sees through the question and sees right to this guy's heart. And Jesus says, let me share with you a quick parable. There's this rich man who, who had abundance. And out of his abundance, he said, I have no place to store all this stuff. What will I do? So he tore down his barns, he built larger ones, and he saved and he saved and he stored it away. And the man said, and this is where the issue is in verse 19, he says, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. This man believed the goal of life was to lay up goods for many years, to relax, to eat, to drink, and to live a full-time Sabbath. That was this man's desire. But God said to him, verse 20, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. The things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with retirement. I truly don't. I think if, if, if you've got a pension, that is like unheard of moving forward. Praise the Lord that you have the means to provide. But I do want to warn us that I do think there is a warning here to living in a full-time Sabbath. What I mean by that is that your work might have changed. You may no longer have to go to the mines. You may no longer have to be clocking in somewhere nine to five. But I do think that your life should not be a full-time Sabbath where all seven days a week look the exact same. I think that we were created to work, and work may be different. Work may be no longer producing to earn something, but I would just recommend and really just kind of challenge us to be saying, Lord, you have called for a day to be different, for a day to be set apart. Not to have seven days set apart, but to have one day. What can my life look like here? And I'm not telling you you should all go to Walmart and start greeting there. My dad used to joke a lot about that one there. But I would say, if you are still living and breathing, there's work. It may not be clocking in, it might be prayer. It might be serving. I think about my grandmother 
who served and volunteered until about the age of 94 at the nursing home. She used to go there and, and like play games with women that were 20 years younger. And she's, you know, she, she had this idea of saying, I, I want to keep serving. I can still serve. I can still be a contributor to the world around me. But I would just say serve and love people and find somebody who is in need and serve them. But then take a day. Take a day if you are retired or still working, it's about taking a day that's different than every other day. A day that is set apart. A day that is different than every other day. I really hope I don't get pitchforks later on from retired folks here. I'm, not, I'm truly not trying to be making you feel guilty there. I'm just saying, as I look to God's word, I do think that we should have a day that is different. That not every day should be the exact same day, but we can work and we can serve and we can help people and love people and then we can, we can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a day that will be different, that will look different than the other days. And that day I'm going to be finding rest, I'm going to be finding the presence of the Lord that day. But I think that we do need to ask ourselves this question this week, church family. How can we find a day of rest? How can we take a day where we rest in his presence and where we rest from our labors? And it may take you a little while to really discover this. And I truly mean that because for a lot of people, they don't really know what brings them rest. They don't really know what, what kind of brings rest to their body and to their mind. And, and, and I would argue the presence of Christ is first and foremost, but also taking time and figuring out, God, what brings me rest? I discovered this past fall when we bought our property, we had a bunch of dead trees and I would take on my days off, I would be cutting trees. And for some people, those, those Oosberg people, that's what I call them, for some people it's like, well, pastor, that's not rest. And it's like, for me, that was rest. I was in creation, I'd have worship music playing, there was something about just being in the woods and just cutting trees. I found so much rest in a little bit of that physical labor. And I would just help and want you guys, church family, to, to find that in your own lives as well. And it will be looking different. You know, if you work with your mind all week long, if all you are doing is thinking and just, you know, figuring things out and your mind is just going, 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 you need a day to shut that mind off. To just, don't be checking emails, don't be taking calls. Don't, you know, like, just let your mind take that rest. And if you're breaking your back, loading trucks and physical labor, you need a day where you're not doing that labor on your body. And a good measuring stick, this is what I've come to really realize. A good measuring stick. Has anyone heard of, uh, like, the Monday blues? Does anyone know what those are? Like, people are like, oh, it's Monday, right? If you're showing up to work on Monday, and you're dragging, and I mean dragging, you're like, oh, it's, whew, I'm not ready for this week. You didn't Sabbath. You didn't get rest. You got to find that rest. I don't think God's plan is for you to, to show up Monday dragging, to feeling like it's the case of the Mondays here. I think if we Sabbath, if we take a day, if we find rest, if we get restored, you're ready for the work week. 
That's the other thing about the Sabbath, is that it's, it's there to prepare you for the work that is ahead of you. And then you live from Sabbath to Sabbath. A lot of people live from vacation to vacation, where they live in this mindset of like, I'm working for my next vacation. I don't think that is God's rhythm. God's rhythm is that weekly. There's a vacation every week that you can have, that you can participate in, that you can be a part of. And if you're waking up and you're going to work and you're dragging and you're tired and you're like, I just, oh, it's Monday, when will it be Friday? I would say, rethink about your Sabbath. God wants you to find rest, rest in Him, rest for your body. And I, I said this earlier, but it really truly is individualistic. You can't project your Sabbath rules onto someone else. If you are person who's out there cutting down trees and you stop at pastor's house and he's cutting down trees and you're like well pastor you can't be doing this and i'm like i'm finding rest i'm getting rejuvenated here so i share this with us church family because i think throughout all of this series i have said this i want you to really start to contemplate this really start to think about this because i know this is a different concept we don't talk about this in our culture our culture is go 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 but god's word makes this opportunity commands us and says, listen, I want you to find rest, rest in me, but rest from your physical body. I'm going to ask for you to stand and I'm going to pray for us this morning and I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up and we're going to proclaim once more who God is. So let me pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. Lord, I, I pray that this church family and in my own life, Lord, that we will really begin to practice this Sabbath. Lord, that we will be setting aside our labor, setting aside our production ability, and Lord, that we will find rest in you. Lord, help us this week to really be thinking about this, to continue to just brainstorm for us, to look at our lives and say, Lord, what do I need to just stop doing on a day so I can find physical and spiritual rest? Father, I praise you that this is the rhythm that you have for your creation. Lord, I thank you that this is a gift from you. Father, help us to live this out this week. Father, I praise you now. I pray this now in Jesus' name.